Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. That's how you have found the Steelers Standard. Kellen Gursky and Jacob Recht here uh, last week without Tom Offerman, correct? Yes, La- the last week last without week Tom. Last week as he's cruising down the Pacific Coast Highway. Might be the uh, longest honeymoon ever, but it's okay. We'll give him a pass. Love Tom. Glad that, that he's having a good time. Um, as we sit here, Jacob, the 7th of July, real quick uh, housekeeping note. Today is Chase Claypool's birthday. Um, it's not like we're going to have this whole episode talking about Chase Claypool, but want to give um, a little shout-out to Chase Claypool because um, I do believe that he is going to be an X-Factor next year, um, and not just next year, but in the future moving forward for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think Claypool is, as long as he keeps his head on straight, and, oh, yeah. and we've seen some things that, you know... Uh, Can maybe suggest he doesn't. Yeah, right. Um you know, as long as he does that, I think he has a bright future here in Pittsburgh, a bright future in the league. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's hes still a, a really young kid. I mean, today is his birthday, and um, Stan Saverin said that to me. He, he forgot, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Claypool is only what? Uh, let's see here. He's Probably only 23. 20, he's I was three years younger. Well, yeah. he's two years younger than me. I'll turn 26 in August. So, um, But, yeah, I, I just wanted to give Claypool a little – a little shout out there for his birthday, and again, uh, the Steelers need him, and they need that offense to look good next mm-hmm. year. Um, and that kind of segues us into what we're going to talk about here in this first segment on the Steelers Standard. Um, PFF came out with, with an article here. I think it's really interesting. It's the best and worst case scenarios for every AFC team ahead of the 2021 NFL season. Um, so the way that they do this here, I'll read what they say here. Um, with the help of a large number of simulations of the 2021 season, PFF can attempt to capture some of what uh, that variance by highlighting the best and worst case scenarios for all 16 AFC teams. Those scenarios are accompanied by theoretical avenues to those records based on some of the questions surrounding each team of the offseason. Mm-hmm. But they're not truly extremes either. They're the 10th and 90th percent, percent um, outcomes, which means that 80% of the team's simulations that they do they fall somewhere between those two. So obviously these aren't, you know, the, the best case scenario right. or the worst case scenario necessarily. And obviously there are going to be teams that finish outside of these best and worst case scenarios. But as they said, um, it, it goes off of some of the questions surrounding each team and some things in the worst case scenarios like really go wrong. Um, but other than that, uh, I think we should get right into it. We're going to wait to the very end, right, to do the Steelers. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's a smart thing to do. Okay. Um, are so we we'll, going to go by division or or where the best case scenario it, lies? It starts off. Teams? It goes by division, so let's just go. Okay, perfect. Let's just go that way. Um, with the AFC East, that's where we will start. And actually, the team that starts this um, was three wins better um, than their best case scenario last season. Mm. So there you go. gives you a little bit of a um, – Something to go off of there, but that's the Buffalo Bills. Um, Shouldn't come as a surprise. No, I mean they were really good last year. I mean I know it's their 90th percent percent outcome uh, last year was, um, like I said, three three worse than what they did in the regular season. So, um, but as we've talked about so many times, the Bills are a, a fantastic team. What they have here for their worst case scenario, the 10th percentile outcome, they have them at eight and nine, and they kind of write up how they get here. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen's tendency to put the ball in harm's way has a bigger impact on Buffalo's offense than it did the season before. Despite his career year, his 23 turnover-worthy plays in 2020 still ranked second among all quarterbacks behind only Carson Wentz. 
that's kind of a staggering stat among, I mean, what a great year he had last year. That's still a pretty crazy stat. Um, Then it also says Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison on the defensive side lose a step with age, and the Bills' younger group of edge rushers is not ready to step up. Buffalo's 36.9 pressure rate from a season ago, six in the NFL, still takes a hit as a result. Now, I don't necessarily see that as a a realistic outcome. I think Buffalo's too good to finish eight and nine. But I think oh, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I mean the, the the biggest reason they list there is because Josh Allen, although he is a superstar right. and although he is a fantastic player and he's ascending um, to the moon, I believe he does put the ball in harm's way a lot, and that's sometimes what you'll hear with with um, you know quarterbacks with big arms is that. Yes, they can throw it into tight windows, but sometimes they don't know where it's going. I think Allen has really honed in on that, but he definitely has that potential to put the ball in harm's way. And if he does it too much, yeah, you could see how they could drop a couple games that they shouldn't. Yeah, I, I'm i surprised I didn't say here, worst case scenario is Josh Allen gets hurt for the entire year. That's true. I, I, I don't think they probably, I'm assuming they don't have injuries tied into these. Um, okay, I, I'm assuming fair. it's just with the players they have out there right now. That's fair. If, in that case, then, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen does have a tendency to be a gunslinger at times, and so yeah. that's clearly what they're focusing on. It's the, the team. This team rides or dies with the performance of Josh Allen. If he continues to go on that trajectory that we've seen him progress to these last couple of years since he's entered the league, then, yes, you can expect big things from them. But if he somehow takes a turn, then the whole team will definitely fall yeah. b- along with him. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, it mentions the defense, but – I don't know. Like they said, they had a 36.9 pressure rate from last year. They were six in the NFL. I don't know if it's going to drop that far. Mm-hmm. Um, their 90th percent outcome. Now, this is probably realistic. There is 13 and four. I'm sure you can figure out how they get there. Josh Allen is the player we think that he is. He takes a step from the season that he had last year. Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis to there, too. Um, in that wide receiving core, catching passes from that is a much more likely scenario at 13 and four, I believe. Uh, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, their 10th percentile outcome, Jacob, you're not going to like this, is 5-12. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's possible if Tua doesn't take a, a big step that's, forward. That's you know, what they're his, going off pass, of. His passing ability, then yeah. I can see it. But even their 90th percentile isn't great, 11-6. and uh, yeah. six. That's basically yeah. what they did last year. But I'm sure Miami fans will be happy with an 11-6 and six record considering – it's so hard to go two years in a row with 10 and 11 wins respectively and miss yeah. the playoff both times. So I'm sure that 11 wins could be enough to get them into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think 11, absolutely. I mean, at the very least, you're you're flirting with the playoff spot. Not many years if you have double-digit wins. You're Are you going to be on the outside looking in um, in, the, in the AFC or in the playoff picture in general? Um, but yeah, I, I think... Like I said, the, the five and twelve, I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, but the, the eleven and six, I think, is it's kind of low for a ninetieth percentile. Yeah, yeah, certainly not ideal for other NFL teams. But Miami would probably take it if it means a playoff appearance. Oh no, no doubt, I, I agree. But again, like they said, the only way that they do that is if Tua isn't what we think that, or a lot, what a lot of people think that he is. Um, and, and if he does that. Um, and he comes into form, man, they have a good defense over there too. And if he just takes care of the ball, um, I think that 90th percentile outcome, 11 and six, even maybe better um, is a realistic possibility for the Miami Dolphins. Moving on to the Patriots as we stay here in the um, the AFC uh, East. Um, the Patriots, their 10th percentile outcome is five and 12. 
Um, and I think you can probably realize how they get to that point. Cam Newton, he wasn't good last year. And if he isn't good this upcoming year, right. you could see a scenario in which, okay, yeah, they, they are bad. And then, oh, by the way, if Mac Jones doesn't work yeah. out either, it's going to be bad. It's a complete bleep show mm-hmm. at that point for the New England Patriots. But all they need is one of those two guys. That's right. That's a problem that a lot of NFL teams don't have is that they have the option between two guys to go with. And if one of them works out, it's going to help them a lot because yeah. we know all of the players who opted out last year right. on the defensive side, they're all going to be returning and they kind of loaded up their offense with the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. And they added Nelson Aguilar, who isn't a world beater when it no. comes to the receiver room, but he's definitely he's going to help. He's going to help. You just added three offensive pass catchers for whoever's throwing the football. And it looks like PFF has them best case scenario or 90th percentile is 11 and six. They'll definitely take that after a missed playoff appearance in their first losing season since, what, 2002, I believe? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think the Patriots would be happy with that. Yeah, and it lists, I, like we said, you could kind of think about how they get to 11-6 and six as their 90th percentile outcome. It says Newton remains healthy and looks more, much more comfortable as a passer with, as you said, Henry, Johnny Smith, Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne added to the wide receiver tight end fold. And it says here, New England's tight ends and wide receivers combined for just 66.6 receiving grade in 2020. Um, that's almost dead last in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. 30th in the NFL. With all those guys coming in, you, you have to be better than mm-hmm. that. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt. Um, and I, I think, too, the, the, the Patriots are going to be an interesting team. Um, you know, they're going to flirt with a playoff spot, I believe, as you mentioned, with all the guys coming back off of COVID and all the guys they brought in. That's a dangerous football team there. And if one of the two quarterbacks figure it out, um, I think they're I, I think they're much closer to the 90th percentile outcome than they are the 10th percentile outcome um, for the Jets. The next team, in the AFC East, um, their their 10th percentile outcome is five and 12. And I think that's probably where they sit. I, I'm surprised it's as high as five and 12. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're I, I thought it would be maybe lower. Yeah, I mean, for their worst case scenario. I mean, again, it's not the complete worst case. It's more towards. You know, I mean, it's pretty close. Tenth percentile of the worst. Um, five and twelve. I would assume it would be like three and fourteen mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but again, you could figure out how that you you get to that point. Zach Wilson, obviously, you know, he isn't provided the same kind of uh, protection and right. pockets. I and, mean, you know, other than Zach Wilson, can you really name another guy on that team? I not skill wise. Yeah, no, I really no, can't, not off so. the top. I mean, their line isn't bad, and they're building their offensive line. But, you know, and on top of that, you know, they wanted to bring in A.J. Brown. That didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I don't think I I think they're going to be way closer to five and 12 than their 90th percentile outcome, uh, which they have at 11 and six. I just don't see it. I don't know how you can have the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots be 90th percentile, 11 and six. This is like 99th percentile. If you ask me, the New York Jets, this just isn't going to happen. 11 and six. I I don't see uh, among the rookie quarterbacks. I don't see Zach Wilson being the one to carry his team to an 11 win season. No, I don't either. I mean, it does mention that, you know, Vera Tucker, it looks NFL ready in this, in this scenario next to uh, Makai Becton, which, you know, obviously I think that's what they're building towards. That's their goal at the offensive line with, with Vera Tucker and Makai Becton. And then it mentions Elijah Moore, you know, makes a, an impact right away. Um, and Corey Davis as well. Um, I just don't see how yeah. they can be 11 and six in, in this, in this scenario. Now, if they keep all those pieces together and keep building, give it two or three years. If Zach Wilson is the Possible. player that some people thought, could that happen? Sure. Yeah. But not 
not this year. I think that's right. just ludicrous. Uh, moving on to the AFC South, it's the Houston Texans. Their tenth percentile outcome is three and three and fourteen. Um, we know how you get that's, there. That's more realistic yeah. than the Jets' tenth tenth percentile outcome. Yeah, that's what I I figured for both of these teams. And I mean, if we're talking one. You know, first percentile outcome. It's probably going to be one in sixteen for the Houston yeah. Texans. I mean, they're not going to be good. I, don't, I, I no think way. three. I think Houston is should be happy with three wins this year. If you yeah. if you get more than three wins, if you're Houston, I mean, that's that's exceeding expectations. They're not going to be a good football team. There's no way. I mean, and oh by the way, you lose JJ Watt. Right. Deshaun Watson probably isn't going to play. Um, you know, I, I just don't see how they can be much mm-hmm. better than you've already lost DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You're, you're, you just lost Will Fuller. They're, the 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 people in Houston are just disappearing yeah. by 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 each second. And their 90th percentile outcome, I think, is really um, you know a I, stretch as well. It's a stretch, but I mean, I guess if this is their best case scenario, you know, whatever is it's eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, they say you know with having Tyrod Taylor there in the crowded running back room. It gives them a, a decent enough rushing attack, which when you put it in that perspective, I guess it could give mm-hmm. them a decent enough running attack. But at the same time, um, you know, can you rely on guys like Brandon Cooks to catch the ball consistently no. for you? I don't know. Especially if it's not even going to be Deshaun Watson throwing. The no, ball. right. Exactly. I mean, Tyrod Taylor isn't a complete train wreck, but at the same time, he's not Deshaun Watson. Um, he's not a, a top 15, top 20 quarterback in this league anymore. I don't see how they get to eight and nine. Um, I could see them being maybe a little bit better than three and what three and fourteen or whatever it is, but I don't think it's realistic for them to go um, eight and nine. I just don't. Um, the Colts. This is a team that we are kind of high on here on this show. Um, their worst case scenario is six and eleven, um, and I again that's all predicated on what we've talked about a lot with the Colts is Carson Wentz. Is Completely he the Carson Wentz reliant on yeah. on the performance of Carson Wentz? Is he the Carson Wentz of what we last saw him in 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 Philadelphia or? You know, does the change of change of scenery, excuse me, um, bring him that MVP type style season that we've seen before? Um, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be six and eleven. I, I think they're really, really. I if, think they're going to be better than six. If and he's 11. bad, okay, I could but see it, that. Again, another interesting ninetieth percentile outcome, eleven and six. I mean, you really telling me that the best case, one of the best case scenarios for this team, along with Miami, along with New England, along with the Jets, is all the same. I just don't understand yeah, that logic. I don't get that either. Again, it's a lot of simulations, but I just. I don't see how they they're one of their their best case scenarios eleven it's and six just eleven. I and think six. It, your your best case is thirteen and four or yeah, something and like that. Yeah, you're and you're winning the division. Yeah, right. which yeah. I I think all of us seem to think. I mean, you can win the division with eleven and six. Don't get us wrong, but sure, at you the can same win it. Time, you're winning it a lot more comfortably yeah. if you're thirteen and four. Yeah, I think that that the ninetieth percentile outcome is a little bit. Um, it's a little low just because again, if if he is if Carson Wentz, I mean, is the player that we saw before they're going to be better than 11 mm-hmm. and six. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the talent that's there, the offensive line that's there, um, I think 11 and six is a little bit low. Um, talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, their worst case scenario is five and 12. And they say that, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks more like a typical rookie quarterback than the generational prospect he was billed as, which is cool. But at the same time, I, I mean, he could still be that mm-hmm. and they could still be five and 12. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? There, there's more to it than just him. Um, but at the same time, um, if if you're, you know, five and 12, six and 11 or something like that as the Jaguars, 
with your first year's Trevor Lawrence being your quarterback, I think you're going to live with that. I think that's yeah. a decent enough yeah. improvement. I mean, not every rookie quarterback comes out the gates and just surprises everyone. Not does, many Does at fantastic. All. I mean, Justin Herbert went 7-9 last year. Joe right. Burrow, I think, only won one game during his time spent playing. So you can't expect every rookie to just come out and make a, a world's difference to no. a team immediately. However, on the opposite end of that, 11-6 and six for them, you know, Ooh. that's a lot more realistic than – for this rookie quarterback to accomplish than the other yes. rookie quarterback in New York with Zach Wilson doing that. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, it mentions that their offense is really good in, in Jacksonville. And if Lawrence is, is you know, close to what we, we think that he is and the generational talent that people think he is, you know, Marvin Jones, Travis Etienne, LaVisca Chenault there too. Um, that offense is pretty darn good. And, mm -hmm. and DJ Chark, if they could, you know, if, if Lawrence is good right away and hits the ground running right away, I'm not saying they're going to go 11 and six, but it's at least more likely with sure. that team. If, than all, the Jets. if all the offensive, if the if the offense clicks, then yeah, it's it's very realistic. This can be a, a high powered offense, which is ironic because the the Jacks the last time Jacksonville was good was it was all defense. Yeah, and no offense, right. Even though that offense put up 45 points on the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, defense. thanks for bringing that up. Right. Uh, moving on to the Titans here, uh, their worst case scenario is seven and ten. Um, and it mentions that the loss of Arthur Smith calling plays is significant and Ryan Tannehill takes a step back, mm -hmm. which is a possibility. Um, and I guess it, it does mention here injuries limit um, Julio Jones in this scenario. So I guess injuries are thrown into mm -hmm. it. Um, and then Derrick Henry, you know, can he still be on that Superman pace that he's been on the last couple of years? I don't know. I mean, it's if anyone I mean, can. We, didn't, we didn't think that he would do it last year right. to the degree that he did, and he still accomplished 2,000 yards. So with Derrick Henry and with – I'm now looking at the opposite end at 12, and, at 12 and 5. Sorry, the math is always hard when you consider the 17th game. Yeah. I, I think when you consider – he doesn't even have to run for 2,000 yards. No. Just make sure he gets the ball – the, the the right amount of time that he deserves it and obviously you incorporate Julio Jones. I mean seven and ten to twelve and five isn't a very big it's window. Not a huge lead, so it, yeah. it shows that they 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 they're going to be either normal or above average. Yeah, there's think, really yeah. no, there's really no worst case scenario than just no. being average. I mean them. seven and ten is a worst case yeah. scenario for them because they've sure. been in the playoffs. But that's about average years. for the league. But right, yeah. yeah. I mean you're seven and ten. That's not mm -hmm. awful. It's not like the world, the sky is falling or anything like that. This, I think, this model here shows that that PFF at least believes that the Titans are going to be a competitive football team, a pretty good football team. When your worst case scenario is seven and ten, that's mm -hmm. not too bad. Uh, moving on to the AFC West and the Denver Broncos, their worst case is five and twelve. I mean, that's because of Drew Locke. I think anybody can realize how you get to five and twelve if you're the Denver Broncos. Um, it also says, you know, Teddy Bridgewater could end up starting there too. I think that was a good move by the Broncos to bring in Bridgewater. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you don't know what you're going to get with Drew Locke. No, and you don't. If, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater wasn't a world beater last year in, no. in Carolina. So if you, get, if you get typical play from either of those guys in Drew Locke or Teddy, 5-12 and 12 is pretty realistic. Mm -hmm. But obviously, looking at the opposite end of it, 10-7 and 7 for them is, is a 90th percentile. That's not necessarily great either. No. But that, that just goes to show that I think with that record, that just says enough that Teddy or Drew Lock can do enough, yeah, to kind of carry them to a a a double digit winning season. And you you think of their offense. Too. We've mentioned their offense before. It is loaded at the wide receiver right, position. If one of those quarterbacks could figure it out, I don't think nine ten wins is crazy. Mm -hmm. And now the they Broncos. have two good running backs in Melvin Gordon mm -hmm. 
and and uh, Javante Williams out of uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina. So right. they definitely have the options uh, on offense. It's just will the quarterback play be enough? Yeah, and maybe by this article, it's saying maybe it doesn't have to be. Great, great. Yeah. It just has to be enough. Yeah, and don't forget too. I think the the defense in 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 uh, Denver plays a oh, big factor oh, into that too. And having Von Miller now for I a think, whole season, I think it's more reliant on how can the office keep up with the defense. Yeah, with the de- yeah. right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think you know, I I think I don't know if Denver is going to be a playoff team. I don't think they will, but I think they're going to be competitive and they're going to be on the outside looking in um, of that playoff race. The Kansas City Chiefs, their worst case scenario is nine of nine and eight. Um, I, you know, it does say an injury to one of their top guys leaves the Chiefs scrambling for solutions. Absolutely. Um, you could see a scenario in which that happens. Um, but I, I mean, when your worst case scenario is still a winning record, mm-hmm. that tells you what they, what a lot of people think oh, of yeah. you. Um, I don't think we really need to go into, you know, there being nine and eight, cause I don't think that's realistic. Uh, their best case scenario is 14 and three. I do think that's a realistic possibility. I mean, if I not think higher. That, yeah, yeah, if not higher, I think that we, when you we have Patrick that. Mahomes, we expect the fourteen and three a lot yeah. more than we do the, yeah. the nine and eight. Yeah, and we saw what they did. Uh, I mean, with was it Chad Henney who's still their backup? And I they guess they did win a playoff. They game. still won a playoff game yeah. with Chad Henney. I mean, it's not hard to win on offense if you still have guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to throw to. And their defense, obviously led by Justin Houston, is is a good enough unit to keep up with the offense. So. Yeah, I think we're we're all in unison here picking or saying it's more much more likely to go fourteen yeah. and three than it is nine. I mean, not even fourteen and three. You go twelve and five. Yeah, right? no you, one's going to be thirteen and shocked. four. Right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be a good football team next year. There's no doubt. Uh, the Raiders, their worst case scenario, six and eleven, um, and and you can picture how they get there. It's kind of more of the same for the Raiders. It's not that they're terrible. Six and eleven doesn't say that you're terrible. Um, but you know, I guess a lot of that goes to the defense a lot of that goes to Derek Carr too if he kind of takes a step back that's a realistic possibility if the offense isn't as good as it was last year Jacobs and Waller too um you know if they take a step back that's a possibility their 90th percentile I really don't see this is 12 and 5 yeah I don't Um, really see it either I mean I I know it says that you know you brought in Yannick Nagakwe you have Clellan Farrell and Max Crosby on the defensive side of the ball which that's a pretty decent enough edge rushing trio I just don't see John Gruden getting this team to 12-5. No, I don't. I don't. And I think it's a lot more likely that they fall toward the 6-11. and 11. Yeah. We saw that they were making a playoff push toward the end of the season, but I think they lost like five of their last six and just completely yeah. fumbled the ball when it came to actually winning when it mattered late in the season in late November and, and the month of December. So, yeah, I think maybe not 6-11, and 11, maybe 7-10 and 10 yeah. or 8-9, and nine, something like that. I could but see them doing that. Not, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team or a team no. pushing for I mean, the playoffs 12 and 12-5 f- yeah. and five means you're in the playoffs. Right. I mean, you yeah. go 12-5, and five, you're in the playoffs. That's not going to happen. I don't necessarily see that. I could see them maybe sneaking in at, you know, like you said, 10-7, and seven, or mm-hmm. maybe you get to 11-6. and six. I don't really see that either. But you could at least be around the playoff hunt. Um, for the Raiders, I think that's more realistic. Uh, for the Chargers, their worst case scenario is five and twelve, um, and it does say that there is potential for Herbert not to be as good as he was. Sure, year. there's always potential for one guy who did well the the prior season to go the opposite direction, right? Especially when it was only his rookie season. There's really so little to go off of to know is he legitimate? Is 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 he able to do this year after year? So the five and twelve shouldn't shock you. However, if he does continue to produce like he did last year and carry on from that uh, 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year campaign, then the 11-6 record that PFF predicts is very likely. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably the most likely one we've seen so far. 
um, is the Chargers and, and in the, the how do they get there right up of 11 and 6 for the Chargers. It mentions Derwin James being healthy for an entire season, which is something we have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know if that's what you're banking it on. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, if he does come back, he's going to make that that whole team better. Oh, and yeah. oh, by the way, if Herbert, like you said, I don't know if you could put up the same type of numbers year after year after year. I mean, the best in the league do. But if he's just good next year, they're going to be a good football team. And I think Absolutely. they're another team that's going to be fighting for a, a playoff spot um, around 11 and 6, 10 and 7, somewhere in there um, are the uh, L.A. Chargers. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the AFC North, uh, they start here with the Baltimore Ravens. Worst case is 7-10, and 10, um, and it mentions the loss of Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon. That really help, hurts the defense that has been really good over the last couple right. years. Um, and it, it does mention Lamar Jackson's carelessness sometimes with the football, sure. when especially when he puts it in the air, not so much when he runs still, with it. Still, when you consider the lack of wide receivers yeah. on that team for him yeah. to throw to, A, he's not that great of a pass thrower. He does have his moments, but still, when, you, when the options are as limited as they get on the Ravens, it doesn't make his life any easier. No, uh, their 90th percentile comes 12 and 5, and I think that's realistic. Sure, yeah. And I mean, it, we it, saw them essentially do that yeah, last right. year. They were 11 they and 5 year, last like. year, and I think they started off 6 and 5, and they won their last five to sneak in mm-hmm. as a wild card team, and they obviously won the first playoff game under yep. Lamar's tenure with the Ravens. So, yeah, I think it's always scary when John Harbaugh is coaching that team when he mm-hmm. has a great. A uh, versatile player like Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position, and as you said, you look at their wide receiving their wide receiving help. It, the the 90th percentile outcome says their additions of Watkins, Rashad Bateman, and Tylen Wallace help him get back on track. Help right. that passing offense. They actually make a difference. And you know what? I don't think they have to be great for them to be 12 and five either. I don't. No, think, you know, no. I, I think that's. I mean, he did. He they went 11 and five without those people last <laughs> right, year. Right, so it's right. it's very possible they do even more with. With these new additions. Yeah, when you have Lamar Jackson on the field, you, you got a good shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the most electric dude in the league with the ball in his hands. Uh, moving on to the Bengals, uh, their worst case scenario is 5-12. and 12, And you can see that um, because of the fact, like we said, Burrow, he was, you know, he was sacked 32 times last year. That's pretty incredible. And being that he didn't That's a play lot for the whole a year. Um, and he was hit 43 times in his limited mm-hmm. time last year. You can see how that's a possibility. I do think Joe Burrow's going to ascend to like the second best quarterback in this league, maybe after, or not in the league, in the division, maybe after this year. Um, that's yeah, a possibility. It's, it's very possible. Um, I mean, people were saying he could have been the offensive rookie of the year if he lasted yeah, the whole year. Yeah. So we do, we just don't know what he'll do for a whole season. Now we saw that he only won one or two games when he was healthy. So five and twelve is is kind of a a good projection of what he could have done over a whole season. Yeah. Ten and seven for best case scenario. Yeah. I still don't know if I see that just because the lack of protection he has. Yes, they added old teammate from LSU, Jamar Chase, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's going to have to do a lot of work in order to get the ball out of his hands in order for Jamar Chase to be involved because there's right. really no one there on that offensive line who is capable alone of doing that. And the defense got a little bit better, too, um, adding Chidobia Woozy and Mike Hilton. Um, I do think that helps their defense, but I don't know if they're ready to go ten and seven. No, yet. I don't think they G- are. Give it another year or two, maybe. Okay. Let's yeah. see. Let's see yeah. what Burrow does. As f- let's you know for his sake, because you, we recognize he's a good player. Let's let's hope that he can last for a whole season. Yeah, and I think yeah. I mean, if he does that, I think you know you see the Bengals this year go six and eleven, seven and ten, something mm-hmm. like that. You can say, oh, okay, yeah, I, I could see how right. the Bengals could really ascend in the in the coming years. With the Cleveland Browns here, uh, their worst case scenario is eight and nine. 
Um, and it, one of the things they cite is that Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham still can't get on the same page. And they haven't been on the same page, really, uh, since they've been together. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to kill the team or anything like that. But it is something that, you know, they can't find a connection with. And then it says here, Jadavion Clowney battles injury for a third straight year, which is a possibility. And it says here, maybe John Johnson and Troy Hill aren't quite as effective in a new defensive scheme in Cleveland as they were, you know, in, in L.A., that's a Which really would, real, that's a possibility. Yeah, it's possible. It would shock me though if me that too. were to happen. If all those things were to right, happen, and yeah. even so, if all those things happened, they still only have the Browns going eight and nine. That's right, about right. That's, yeah. as close as you can get to five hundred. So it's not that bad. Best case scenario for them, it shouldn't shock you. No. If all the additions that were made go well, and somehow Baker and Odell can actually force some chemistry. The Browns are going thirteen and four. That's extremely likely. I mean, they only went what eleven and five or ten and six last year. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, it's it's it should be no shock to anyone if they can improve upon that. Yeah, I mean, and they have the realistic ability to do it. A lot of people are picking the Browns to win the Super Bowl. A lot of people mm-hmm. are picking the Browns to win the division. And you know, you got to have a good record to do those sort of things. So, yeah, I mean, thirteen and four is definitely doable. I think that's something that could happen. And if Baker Mayfield just plays like he did down the stretch for for the uh, for the Browns. They're going to be in positions to win games. Right. There's don't, no doubt. Don't let Baker beat you. Don't let Baker be the reason that you fall to yeah. that 8-9 and record. And I think, Just make life easy, right. as as easy as you can for him. And I think that's each team's uh, motive. You know, oh, a, yeah. a team playing them, that's their motive. Don't let Baker beat us. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, don't let Baker beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's uh, that's kind of how they're, they're looking at things. And to round things out here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, their worst-case scenario is 5-12. and 12. And you know what? I think that's a fair worst case scenario. For yeah, the I think it is because when you consider the Achilles heel for the team, you obviously looked at the offensive line and with the unexpected news of David DeCasher retiring, it kind of left the offensive line with a much, a much unanticipated hole that they were not expecting to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the, the defensive side of the ball with the lack of death at almost every position, safety, cornerback, outside linebacker, defensive line, there's really no death. Anytime one of the starters will go down, it's going to be a big blow. If something like last year happens where you lose more than one starter and in, in similar to Devin Bush and Bud yeah. Dupree, then it's going to be really bad. Yeah, and it mentions losing Nelson and Hilton don't help. Mm-hmm much no. either in the secondary. I know Hilton wasn't a cover guy, but you get the point there. And I know you said De- DeCastro retired. You mean contemplating retirement, leaving. He hasn't officially Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yet, sorry about that. No, yeah. no. You're no longer on the team. Yeah. So. No, I knew what you meant. I just wanted to clear that yeah, up because right. I looked for a second, too. I didn't know if I missed something. Um, but no, I mean, with all the losses there, and, and especially if, you know, you lose somebody and Ben's not as good or, you know, God forbid Ben gets hurt mm-hmm. in his last year, you could see the Steelers going 5-12. and 12. It is a possibility. Right. Um, then looking at their best case scenario, it's ten and seven. That's kind of where I lean. I think you're a little more. Um, yeah, I, I think when we went down the schedule, I think I had them going twelve and five, mm-hmm. and it was a different team at that point. Steven Nelson yeah, was still on the team. True. It's possible he can still return. I guess uh, so. David DeCasher was still on the team, uh, but still, we, even with those guys no longer being on with the franchise, I mean, you look at the state of the offensive line, as PFF does here, and say Kevin Dotson can be a big piece. Yeah. Kendrick Green can be a big piece. And, and then, of course, the, the addition of Najee Harris is going to be, a, without a doubt, a difference maker. And if the defense can stay healthy, yeah, that's key. And I think now more than ever, those two guys, Dotson and Green, I mean, are the, the kind of keys to the offensive line, mm-hmm. to the offense and the offensive line. You know, if they don't play well, I think, you know, I don't want to put all the onus on them. 
But if they don't play well, I think you lean more towards five and 12. It, you know, those two guys, as you mentioned, you look at the offensive line, that's the most important thing. That's that's really the first thing people talked about in the offseason when the season ended last year. This offensive line needs to get better. If it doesn't get better, um, and Dotson and Green now with DeCastro being gone, you know, if they aren't good, I think you lean more towards five right. and 12 than you do. 10 and 7. It also says here the Steelers, in this scenario, if they go 10 and 7, the Steelers' defensive front continues to make life difficult for opposing offenses. Obviously, I think we can expect that to still happen. Um, and again, I think that's another reason why I think the Steelers will stay at least uh, competitive. I don't see them falling off the edge and being 5 and 12. I see them at least being 8, 8 and 9, 9 and 8, 10 and 7, somewhere in there. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a, a pretty good job by PFF mm -hmm. describing the Steelers because there is a chance for them to completely fall off a oh, cliff. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of people think it's possible, yeah, not just right. PFF. And, and, I mean, and, oh, by the way, there's still a shot there for them to contend for the playoffs. Right. They are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. <laughs> that is what they do. Um, it's not the necessarily the they'll make a Super Bowl run, but it's always possible that they stay competitive. Right. And I agree with you there. And I think they will, you know, at least stay competitive this year and we'll reevaluate next year. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of the Steelers stand. You thank you as always for listening, whether it's on Steelers.com, whether it's on Steelers Nation Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. On the next episode, we're going to look at each team's X factors, each team's strength and weaknesses start in their starting lineups for the 2021 season. That'll be coming up next on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.